Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 95 of Walzer Automotive Group's internationally famous now because the Israelis are listening. That's right. Car Selling Secrets. Uh, we will be right back after this exciting series of announcements. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Oh, okay. A leading silence on that one. The leading silence. Sorry, I'll have to bleed that out. We are back at Automotive Legendary Podcast, Walzer Automotive's Car Selling Secrets. And we are joined, joined, joined via phone uh, by Scott Lambert, the president of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, working his 10 annual days at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds for the Auto Show. I can't even talk. Scott, how's it going out there? We are having a great time. I mean, this this is all right. A thank party. you very much. This, this Next, is like Minnesota's coming out party right now. I would imagine that is true. Yes, the coming out party. Oh, have you ever heard my impression of Scott Lambert? No. You ever heard it? Want I to hear it. Okay, here it is. I'm too busy to come into the studio. There, that's my Scott Lambert impression. In fairness to Mr. Lambert, I texted him about two hours ago saying my guest bailed. Do you want to do a uh, remote and kind of tell us? What's going on at the State Fair? So those of you not in the know, uh, they moved the Twin Cities Auto Show to the State Fairgrounds last Saturday was the opening day, and it goes through, when does it end, Tuesday or Wednesday, Scott? Uh, it's, it, it, start, well, it goes from Saturday through the next Sunday. Oh, okay. 
Do you, want, do you want to hear my impression of Tom Bernard? <laughs> I would love to, and I, Here we and go. I don't think I'm alone. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm too important to come to the auto show. Oh, oh, shots fired. Shots fired, baby. I love it. <laughs> I love it, as a matter of fact. It's all true. We're, we're both very important. Scott and I are both very important in our own ways. Well, that's why we keep the two of you in separate counties. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What a great... Whose idea was it to... Did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did that come about? No, we knew we weren't going to be able to do an indoor show in March um, uh, where we were scheduled in, in the downtown convention center. It's only mm-hmm. put 250 people in at the time. So back in December, we started looking at different... Uh, locations, we thought, well, we can get maybe maybe do it in May before Memorial Day, get on the other side of the pandemic, get some vaccinations in people's arms, maybe right. we'd have a shot at this. And uh, the fair works just perfectly because it's got a built-in infrastructure. It's got power and bathrooms and all that stuff for mm-hmm. everybody, and it's got state fair food. So that was, and, and free parking. So that was the big draw. So we approached them, God. and uh, things worked out. And and you are mask free out there, is that right? No masks. Yeah, the governor. You got you got so lucky. Twenty four hours before we opened. Yeah, the mask mandate. Because that was the only (laughs) thing that Mary was bitching about when she was on the podcast. She goes, "Wow, well, I get ten thousand people a day, which is it's a little light, but it's going to be okay." And the only thing is, for those of us that have to work there, we'll have to wear a mask for eighteen hours, and the day before it opens. Yep. Then the state fair came by and said, "You know, we're in St. Paul, and St. Paul still has a mask mandate." And we said, no, we're in Falcon Heights. Falcon Heights, right. I do not have a mask mandate on Falcon Heights' website, so we're taking our masks off. Everybody has just been, it's fun. You can see people's faces. They're smiling again. It's just been wonderful. So how's the attendance been by day? How's it it going? Uh, Really, really strong. We had, this was probably our weakest morning because it was raining this morning. Oh, yeah, yep. But it's drying up now, and uh, people are starting to come in. The, The place is starting to fill up. Uh, we've had uh, super strong attendance. Uh, the, the electric ride and drive people told me they gave 700 uh, electric ride and drives on Saturday and Sunday alone. Um, so, uh, so that gives you a sense of how many people are, are coming down here. But it's it's just been a really good, just a happy crowd. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but everybody here is just happy, happy to be out, happy to be on the fairgrounds, happy to be at an auto show. The displays are very happy. We've been checking in with the factory people. They they love being here. They love being outside. It's just been great. That's awesome. And you guys had a, I heard you had a military flyover. Was that yesterday, the day before? Oh yeah, we did on Tuesday. It was Military Appreciation Day, and we uh, started the day with a flyover from an old uh, Hellcat. We couldn't get a regular flyover, so we we contracted with and I don't know if this is appropriate anymore or not, but they used to call it the Confederate Air Force. Right. Now it's called yeah. the Commemorative Air Force. I think right? it's Commemorative Oops. Air Force yep. now, right. Oops. And we contracted with them. They had an old Hellcat that did three passes over the state fairgrounds and it was really cool. It was really fun. Wow. I will tell you one thing, I don't know if they know this or not, but the Confederate Army didn't have a, an air air division. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have to worry they too much. They didn't have submarines, however. That's right, yeah. That's the really? lost. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah, yeah the first yeah. sub battles they had one, were in. They'd, they'd have kicked ass. Yeah. yeah. I think it's hilarious. It's so nice to hear that people are getting out. I mean, even on a rainy morning that's been so long, they're going to the state fairgrounds, seeing the auto show. Uh, it's And like you said, I bet you everybody there has got a smile on their face, don't they? Yeah, everybody is happy. I, just, I don't yep. know how else to explain it. Everybody's got a smile on. Uh, people are standing in lines for for Martha's Cookies and oh. the Brown Pups, and everyone is just happy. 
happy. So it's just been really, really fun. Well, well, I, well you're the whole. I was getting I out of I your way. Qu- I had a question, and then I forgot what it was. Are you going to be there Saturday morning? Well, yep, I'm here all the time. I will. I, Sarah, my wife, uh, says, "Hey, can we go to the auto show?" And I said, "Why? Yes, we can." So well, we're planning to down. head out I'll, there Saturday before it uh, hits 90 degrees. I think we'll probably be yeah. swimming at that point in the afternoon. But but I'm. Uh, I, but set, I set up. I set up every morning waiting for Tom to appear. Listen, I'll come over there only if you get him to fire up ye old mill and you and I go through ye old mill together. Okay. (laughs) He goes, oh my God. I I heard the oh my God in your brain right there, Scott. I heard that. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll get it fired up. Do they have any of the, do they have the Sky Rider running or is it uh, no no runs at all? None of the rides are running, but we've got our own monster truck that you can ride on. Ooh, that's cool. And man, I gotta tell you, when they crush cars down there, it is like a party. People are people are watching that thing crush cars. It is just hilarious to watch. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and we're looking forward to going down. I think it'll be really Good. fun way to spend a half a day or so. Good. Good. No, we'd love to see it. You, you'll you'll be impressed. I mean, the, the new car displays look fabulous. Everything looks great. And we got dock dogs this weekend. Dogs who launch off docks into a pool trying to catch stuff. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Trying to catch stuff, uh, Scott. I don't know. I don't think I've talked to you since then. But I was very impressed with Mary. She's a hell of a person, man. She's all fired up, tough, very uh, yep. interesting. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with Mary. Yeah, I'm very, imp- I'm very lucky to have Mary. Uh, Mary took this uh, show to a new level that I couldn't get it to, and uh, she's uh, she's completely fearless and uh, roars around here, and we all pretty much stay out of her way until she tells us she needs us. She's a little bit persistent as well, so yes. you know because of the the shortage, and there are a couple of manufacturers that decided not to show. So we oh, kind really? of picked up the slack. Well, they you know they didn't know the COVID. Yeah, things. that's they, true. They weren't that's true, yeah. they weren't peeing on the show so so much, but they just didn't want to participate. So Mary just started putting the arms on all the local dealers, and after she was here, she said, "Yeah, I still need a truck." And who do you think I should talk to? I was <laughs> I was talking to Andrew Walzer about ten o'clock last night, and they said, "If you've gone that far up, just keep calling Andrew. You'll you'll get your way." So, yeah, yeah, that's true. When Mary told me she was coming down to talk to you guys, I thought, "Yeah, Doug's not going to get away for free on this one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there well, you go. no, she's worked me over for years. I, you know, when I was I was the new car director for ten or eleven years, and I'd always get those last minute phone calls. Hey, buddy, I'm like, yeah, what do you need, Mayor? <laughs> yeah, but you guys were great. The, the Luther, I mean, all of the dealers were great, but you and Luther really put the arm on a couple of the manufacturers. Who were Can we name hesitating, them? and now they're here, and everybody's thrilled they're here. The, the, the couple of brands that aren't here are going to be really sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I they think they will they once they out. see the attendance yeah. numbers and stuff. Because I know there yeah. were quite a few. There were like three or four that weren't going to participate. And I think with the heat that the ownership put on them, they went, yeah, okay, these guys are good dealers. I guess we better do it. And hopefully they're yeah. really pleased that they made that decision. I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be. Yep, and there's a bunch of, we got a bunch of trucks uh, in the truck track where you can ride with a professional race car driver. And let me tell you, they, they put you through, through your paces. And the trucks all have walls, or a lot of them have walls or ad plates on. Well, that's because we sneak in. We sneak into the fairgrounds uh, after it's closed and take put all walls or plates on the cars. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're good. We're even on them afterwards, and by the way, we're beating the heck out of them. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Uh, this had to be ten years ago or so. 
at the convention center, they had a, a like I think it was Automotive Concepts had a you know a dream studio where they'd had all these modified cars, yep. and one of them was a black Chrysler 300, except for the sides had been painted in Harley Davidson orange. It was like the most ugliest car in the world. And I said, and I was with Alan Crutch, who was I think you know Alan. He was our marketing director at the time. Mm-hmm. And I says, oh my God, who's the poor bastard that owns that car he walks around to the back of the car and he goes well it's you (laughs) our new car manager at the time of the chrysler store thought it'd be nice to slap nine thousand dollars worth of custom paint on a black 300 we did sell it eventually with about a year later this older couple came in that were blind no i'm just kidding they were big harley davidson (laughs) fans and that was you know it was it was perfect it was really made for them and they were super happy but we did find the one customer that thought it was cool but i'll never forget that he goes well you own it (laughs) Well, you own a lot of cars down here now, and we're uh, we're putting them we're putting them through. They were new when they got here, but you're gonna have to put them on the used car lot after we're done with them. Well, we have plenty of parking on all of the lots right now, as you know. It's uh, yes, I've unfortunately, sp- yes. I've spent the week at the Toyota store. We're ro- rolling out a new version of this product that we're going to take to market the end-to-end car buying uh, software solution and. You know, we're, we're weapons testing it to try to break it to see what's wrong. wrong. And I, I was looking early in the morning, and I'm going, God, this it's not pulling the Toyota inventory. It only shows 105 cars. Really? And then I went to Walzer.com, and, yeah, it's actually pulling the inventory. That's all we have. Really? <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. Wow. You don't have to worry about finding a place to park as a customer at pretty much any dealership <laughs> right now. There's plenty available. I imagine. <laughs> Well, good. Well, you guys should come down. We'd, we'd love seeing you. Do you right. think this chip shortage is going to cause ch- uh, changes in the supply chain? Or do you think they're just going to be like, oh, well, it is what it is? I think it's a really good question. So it, it was really the, the whole just-in-time inventory management mm-hmm. system was designed by Toyota, and it was one of the reasons that they became successful. The problem is, is when there's a disruption, you're kind of screwed. They have no contingency. Right. So I think a lot of the smart people that manage supply are looking at this going, we need to come Mm -hmm. up with some different theories because we found what's wrong with this one. And we knew that back in 11, there was a big tsunami, took Mm -hmm. out the Fukushima plant Mm -hmm. and caused a bunch of damage at at some some, uh, plants that made very specific parts that all the manufacturers use and that was the first indication it's like you know if you can only build 98 percent of the car you still don't yeah, have a car that's true right? so currently they are i know ford is doing this uh, joe from louisville sent some pictures in they're they're pushing uh they're not pushing what they're doing is they're taking engine control modules putting them in f1 series pickup trucks parking them in a field taking the control module out going back to the factory grab another one they just need to get a play, a way to store them so oh, that's, that's and they're huh. just going to wait till they can complete the uh, you know the final assembly so well on that note well two things one derek <coughs> d hart says happy 50th oh, that's very nice who oh, derek who d hart he used oh, to call yeah. in all the time yeah he hasn't called in for a while and two we actually have joe on the phone Jose's on the phone. We got all the car people here. We got Lambert. We got Joe from Louisville. What's yeah. going on, Joe? Well, I was just going to let you know that um, Andy actually gave me a nice setup about the supply problem and closures. Uh, LAP is going to be closed for the next six weeks. Ooh. Next Roseville six weeks? Planters. 
Oh, yep. Mm. In addition to the two weeks that they're down for the summer, for summer shutdown. So there's no going to be no Lincoln, Florida Skates or Lincoln Corsairs being produced for the next two months. Wow. So I, I, I hate to. Can I ask you this question? Do, do you guys get laid off then, or do they pay you still, or how does that how does that work with Ford and the union? They get paid. Yes. Okay. Oh, you do. So, Joe, so you get a two month vacation and you're complaining? <laughs> well, but I got a I got a, a Joe's told told me this before. When he's not working, he actually works harder than when he's at the Ford plant. So you know. <laughs> Oh, no response from Joe on that yeah. one. <laughs> You're breaking up. I, I can't understand. I'm not going to dig myself into a grave. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Joe. So, so you're going to uh, have. But, uh, in, in addition to us not working, you also got to put think about the people that supply us the, our parts, right? Our seats. Um, you know. I installed an AC compressor, so those guys are going to have an abundance of AC compressors unless somebody else uses them. Um, then there's the building facility, the building, uh, the people that take care of the building when we're not there, uh, custodians, basically. Right, and um, it's the truckers that, that deliver the cars to the dealers, the railroads. Right, that, yeah. I, Scott, maybe you can verify this, but oh, I think that. the automotive retail business or the automotive business in the, in the United States affects what 20% of the US economy it's some that's right it's some <clears> huge <throat> that's right. number that's, a, that's exactly right well thank so 20 you 20% of the economy but for some reason we're only 5% of the chip business oh yeah so that's not, right yeah we're not we're not a big part of the chip business so we can scream and yell but they're they're satisfying their telephone and television customers and things like that Samsung and stuff. I, you know, I heard, and you would know probably more about this than I, but the government was going to step in and see if they could help, I, which kind of, one hand, like, yeah, hopefully you can, and the other hand going, yeah, you'd probably just screw it up. Do you, do you know if there's anything going on in that front? Well, no, there's really not much. They, I, they, I suppose they could pass a resolution, but there really isn't much they could do oh, yeah, that's what I was uh, to of. speed the, the plow on those, right? Doug, what I wonder is, you and I are smart guys. Why aren't you and I in the chip business right now? Um, I, I talk a lot, but I'm not actually that smart. That's my excuse. Oh. Oh, well, that's yeah, ours open. You'd be the smart one. <laughs> yeah, I was you say. could be the eye candy. Scott's Chip Emporium. One of the greatest <laughs> moments of my life. After you said that, I went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So for those that uh, aren't as in tune with the car business, I, I printed this off this morning, and it's one of the ways that uh, we in the car business measure the health of new car inventories, and it's called day supply. And what that means is uh, if you stopped producing vehicles with the inventory that's already built in in the pipeline and on the dealer's lot, how long at current sales rate would it take you to sell out? Now, th the trick is is to balance your day supply. You don't want to... You know, in the old days, like during the recession when Chrysler was going under, they made dealers take cars. They would have, you'd have a, a year's supply of cars, which is not healthy because the dealers have to pay for it. At uh, the other end of the scale, you can get too low and you don't have enough to meet demand. The sweet spot is really about 90 days supply. So this is the day supply that for the dealers, that manufacturers that report as of May 1st, and it's slowed up a little since then. Ford has a 35-day supply of inventory. This is all Ford products, uh, cars and trucks. Acura's pretty high at 50, and Honda's at 44. They're sister companies. 
Mazda's at 38. Uh, Toyota's has a 23-day supply of cars, and Subaru right now is at 16. Wow. Well, Jesus. So, yeah, it does, it does change as plants go, come online and go off, but... You know, when you hear all the stuff that we've been talking about on the morning show and in the national news, this is a real issue, and it will, you know, sadly enough, it's going to affect the recovery from the recession that was caused by COVID. I mean, we were in a recession for a while, and there's plenty of demand, and there's plenty of money out there. There's just not a lot of stuff to buy right now, so it's... Uh, it's well, it's causing inflation, uh, you know, because yep. now used cars are going up, and new oh, cars, yeah. you can find them are going up. I mean, it, it trickles through everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, it, it's probably not going to ease until uh, late fall. It looks like or winter, and and won't be completely back to normal, possibly for another year. But I mean, it, it's it's. I think it's going to be about as bad as it's going to get as we get into uh, June and and probably July, and then it should yeah. we should start seeing that turnaround. So my question for all of you is, what are we going to sell and buy if there aren't any cars to sell and buy? Well, there aren't any boats either for the same reason. Yeah, there aren't. We well, had dinner Dan with Dan Chesky. Yeah. So I said, Dan, you're not doing any ads anymore. He goes, I got three boats. And he said he doesn't have any boats to sell right now. Yeah, it's, RVs, motorcycles, they're all, they all got the same problem. There's no inventory of anything. Yeah, yeah Joe went with bicycles. I think Joe's got bicycles. Bicycle. Bicycle. Yeah, no, Joe's in those. Well, some. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, some the electric are, bikes. Yeah, e-bikes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll get through all this. You know what? I, something just popped up on my screen. I, I think somebody just sent it to me or whatever. But, you know, we're talking about the chip shortage and this and sort of Remember about, oh, 15 months ago? You need to buy as much hand sanitizer as you can get, mm-hmm. right? And toilet paper. And toilet paper, <laughs> right? Remember that? I'm looking at an ad right now. It's, uh, it's not an ad. Excuse me. It's a story from the Wall Street Journal. Retailers couldn't stock hand sanitizer fast enough. Now they can't give it away. There are signs that say, buy one, get three free. (laughs) You can get like a half a gallon for maybe a few bucks. It's unbelievable. really interesting that you brought that up. So as I said, I was at our Toyota store training, and one of the models that we've got pretty good inventory of, it's actually what JB drives, is a Toyota Venza. which was a crossover body on a Toyota camera. They built them for a few years, weren't very popular, just brought them back, but not very many people know about them. Mm -hmm. So people are coming in, and we're really low on cameras, and the salespeople, they're they're trained as salespeople are. It's called uh, uh, sell what you see, don't see what you can sell. So if it's on the lot, this is the best deal in the world. So I heard more salespeople on the Toyota store yesterday going, well, have you checked out the new Venza? And the customers are like, what's a Venza? Well, come on, let's take a look. So what's going to (laughs) happen, just like hand sanitizer and toilet paper, is Venza sales are going to be incredibly strong for the next 60 days. Yeah. But what that means is Toyota's going to go, well, look at the Venza numbers. And people really, and they'll just, when they can start building more product, they'll probably overbuild Venzas. Because of that, just right. that one thing. Well, yeah, just, they, you know, they run it by statistics and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but doesn't and, anybody pay attention to where those stats came well, from? Well, so, I do, but yeah. not everybody's <laughs> yeah, like do. me. It's, uh... God, thank God. Did you hear that, Scott? Yep. Do you hear yep. that, Doug, Joe? Not everybody's Doug's like Doug. Thank God, not everybody's <laughs> like Doug. What a it's a gift from God, right there. Well, I should. I think Doug should just run everything. I, I do run, too. Yeah, yeah, I would. It would I, run you know, so much easier. Yep. Yeah. Uh, things would be interesting. No doubt. All right. Really would. All right, Scott. Get back to work. Let's go. Yeah. 
they're they're looking for me. You know, the show is good. The show fell apart here for 15 minutes. Oh, I bet. I'll yeah, they just on. they didn't have anybody to stick the uh, popsicle sticks in the Prano pups. Oh, oh man, that's cold. <laughs> Tough job as the director, Scott. I will see you on Saturday sometime in the morning. I'm looking forward to, look forward to checking to out the show. Say Adam Mary for us, guys. We got to take a short break. We'll be right back with the second half of the show in minutes. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, it's Tom again for my good friends at Profile by Sanford. I'm all in with my profile journey, and I'm happy to tell you that I've lost weight, and I'm keeping it off, lost a lot of weight. So what's the secret to my success? One word, coaching. I have the best. Danette has been amazing. Yeah, I just think the big part is changing one habit at a time. Yep. That's this whole process, and you need a guide to be able to do that because we don't know you know, what all of the pieces are that you need. So discover them with your coach and put it all together. Kelly, how about you? We also have amazing tools and technology that that help people on this journey of theirs with our in-person coaching, but also our profile 3D body scanner, which is to visualize your progress in this journey is pretty motivating. Profileplan.com for a location near you. Oh, and Mention promo code KQRS for a special discount. Profileplan.com. That's profileplan.com. Wait for the backup vocals. Here they come. Is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, that's a Leon Russell song called Stranger in a Strange Land. I love Leon Russell. And, um... For years, uh, myself and a bunch of people that are friends of Sarah's pushed her to try out for The Voice. She goes, I'm too old. They don't want some old church ladies. Just do it. It might be, It'll be a fun experience. And so the week leading up to it, I kept saying, honey, what are you going to sing? She's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to sing. I don't know. So she goes in, and it's at the convention center where they have all these little rooms, and there's like 20 contestants in each room and a 20-year-old judge that works for The Voice, and you get like 30 right. seconds to sing something a cappella. That's what she sang. She goes, I knew that she'd never heard the song before, but it's just what it's I wanted great, to do. It's a great, I love Leon Russell. What a talent. He was and the, probably the worst singer in the history of rock. I mean, yeah, 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 he was. He couldn't understand him, and he couldn't hold key, but man, was he a great songwriter, just a badass piano player, really a great... Um, I, I, I heard an interview with Elton John, and he talked a lot about Leon Russell. He goes, when I first started playing... In the late 60s and developing my style, I wanted to be able to play that Southern Baptist piano yeah, style like yeah, Russell. Yeah, I understand. I've it's, got a story for you to read. This is I got uh, to ask you one okay. question. Top three, Leon Russell, 
Bruce Springsteen, and Bob Dylan. Who's the worst singer of them yeah. all? <laughs> well, I actually think Springsteen can sing a little bit, so it's, it's really. a toss-up between Dylan and Leon Russell, I think. Uh, I think Springsteen can sing if he chooses to. But generally, he just he does not choose to. He kind of like mumbles it out. Yeah, yeah, not Mr. Diction. No, 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 no. I played no. with a guy like that, uh, Paulie Lundin, whose uh, brother was the track coach at the U of M, and just great. He turned thirty, decided he wanted to learn how to play guitar, write songs, and start a band. Oh, and he was go. really, really talented, except you the couldn't understand part. a word he said. Yeah. And he did kind of Americana rootsy tunes oh, where he did, came yeah. out like, yeah, not my cup of tea. Here's a car story for you to read. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna. Oh, you want me to read? Yes. Okay. Well, you're you read better than anybody. <clears throat> Cars can fly now. Ah, uh, part time. <laughs> Easy. Come on. A part time service advisor at a Ford dealership in England was awarded more than thirty two thousand dollars. After being excluded from office pizza orders. I told you this was your story. This is marvelous. Malgorazza, or Malgorzata, that is, it's Malgorzata Lewicki. You say Gorazza, he should be making the pizza. Exactly. Gorzata, Malgorzata Lewicki, argued uh, to a tribunal that her bosses were retaliating for a 2018 complaint she made about pay, working hours, and sexual discrimination by not asking her to participate in informal monthly staff lunches known as Pizza Friday. The Daily Mirror reports, employment judge Jennifer Bartlett determined that the exclusion and eventual termination of Lewicka amounted to discrimination. We accept that the uh, launches, uh, the lunches, excuse me, may have been ad hoc and that they were informal. Bartlett said in her ruling, however, she was not asked if she wanted to order or participate, whereas other colleagues were. She could have been asked if she wanted to join in. The dealership contended that Lewicka wasn't asked to order because she finished work at 1 p.m. each day. The store investigated Lewicka's original discrimination claims and concluded that the staffer she complained about was guilty of gross misconduct, but management later said it needed all service advisors to be full-time and fired her. Is there any chance that Lewicka is a pain in the ass? You think? You think just maybe she might be a pain in the ass? For car guys and gals, they, they will understand the humor in that. that for some reason in the car uh, retail industry, pizza is like, Mana. It's like mm-hmm. heaven. Yeah, it oh, yeah. is, yeah. So it guys, is. come on in here at 7 a.m. and we're going to have pizza and give a <laughs> talk sales. It's like, That's oh, true. God. It's a morale booster. The only uh, car guy that I, that I always thought that was stupid was Paul Walzer. He goes, okay. Sat, and a tradition in the in retail business is that the dealership buys everybody lunch on Saturdays, so the salespeople don't leave. And, oh, it's Saturday. That's, okay. that's the, for most, other than Highline, that's the busiest day. You'll do 40% of your week's business in, in one day, and, and 40% between 10 in the morning and 6 in the afternoon. So Paul's like, okay, I want my team to be sharp and on top of things. Why would I feed them free pizza? Because <laughs> after you eat five pieces of pizza, yeah, you want to go to sleep. That's true. You don't want to work after that. That's hilarious. At one point, he was such a micromanager. He wrote the first uh, general manager's handbook and, and even had what to serve for lunch. It was a mm. section, and there's cold cuts and you know oh, fruit. Yeah. <laughs> like, not everybody is 140 pounds like you. Well, that's true. Yeah, he's not exactly uh, a fat guy. That's very, very true. So I'm gonna. I I, I didn't edit this, so I'm gonna probably pick and, and and choose sections of this. But yesterday, when we were talking about this off air, uh, Biden 
test drove with the Secret Service the new Ford pickup truck, the mm -hmm. half-ton F-150, and, and Ford's calling it the Lightning because it's all electric. That's a, a name that they used for a hot rod uh, F-150 that they built back in the 90s that was a regular internal combustion car, but it's kind of groovy, kind of fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here is the uh, new F-150. Ford is hoping that a bold starting price of $39.9 before shipping, uh, and it's $10,000 less than what the average shopper pays for a gasoline-powered F-150, coupled with new features not possible on the current model, will help uh, win over uh, electric vehicle skeptics and expand the pool of buyers who've made the F-150. F-150's been the number one selling uh, vehicle in North America since yeah. since I've been selling cars, since the oh, early yeah. 80s. I mean, forever. it's a, a great nameplate. Um, the Lightning, so this is the base model with, for forty grand, is standard with four-wheel drive, first independent rear suspension, improved onboard generator. This is a really kind of a cool thing. So they have a gas generator in the back of them, and they just started doing this for construction guys and gals. Uh, about two years ago, you could get a, an, an option in the F-150. And you remember when the power went out in Texas in February? Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. The, the dealers down there yep. loaned F-150s with these generators to mm -hmm. people so they could power their houses, which was really brilliant marketing yeah. and also a really yep. good thing to do for the community. So these uh, F-150, the, the lightning will come with that as well. Uh, an improved onboard generator that can power a house or a work site for three st straight days. And the industri industry's largest front trunk, you see why I have you read and not me? You're so in other fine. words, you open up what would be the hood, which there'd normally be an engine, and there's so much open space in there, it's got room for two sets of golf clubs, uh, four more power outlets. Ford says the EV can outrun a Raptor, which is their hot rod gas-powered pickup truck, zero to 60, uh, the lightning is four seconds. It's a pickup truck that can go zero to sixty Holy in four seconds, God. and it starts at forty grand. Um, can also tow up to ten thousand pounds and haul up to two thousand. Uh, the range is there's two different ones. The standard one is two hundred and thirty miles to a charge. Now, I, every as everybody knows, that's temperature driven. In cold, in cold weather, like Minnesota, that can drop by up to 40%. Right. Uh, you can buy an extended range one that gets 300 miles on a charge. Cool thing about it is you could actually charge your own car if you had to because you get a gas generator in the back. That's true. And here's that's, the other yeah, thing that true. you can get as an option. And by the way, Walzer does not have a Ford dealership, but if you own a Ford dealership and you'd like to sell it, we would really like to buy one. <laughs> We've got hey, take some, over LA Fitness we got, again. Yeah, we got we got some money laying around. We'll uh, we'll scrape it up. So if anybody uh, wants to bail and just go hang out at Boca for the rest of your life, give me a call or email me at Doug at Walzer.com. I'm so. surprised there aren't dealerships up for sale with all the car inventory being. You well, know, you know, no one has anything to sell. I'm surprised they're have, not just selling their dealership. You have to think a little longer range than a temporary setback. And yeah. well, it's been like a year though. Well. Yeah, but for a couple of months last year, there was inventory was low, but the demand wasn't there, and that started picking That's up true, last yeah. August. And the car business, the retail business, has been really, really good for about the last three quarters, record-breaking profit-wise in some organizations. Uh, so we're going to get a little payback. We're going to give some of it back in the next few mm -hmm. months, but usually you think you know years, not months. So nobody's going to say, "Damn it, I'm out of, uh, I'm low on focuses. I guess I better sell the franchise." Yeah. Although if you think that way. It's Doug at Walzer.com. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, Dave wants to know if the Lightning has a flare side body. 
Uh, I don't know that. So what the flare side body is he's referring to is sort of an older style. If you think the 50s pickup trucks where they just had wheel wells and you could actually mm. step on the side yep. of the oh, truck. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. like those. Yeah, they're cool looking. It's not very utility friendly because it eats up a lot of bed space width well, that's but true, they do yeah. look cool. But you can get in the bed easier. Yep, that's true. Although now they've built step-in rear bumpers yeah, and all these, that kind of cool stuff. they got these gates stuff. that are like... Uh, They'll uh, unfold into a camper that you can yeah. live in. Yeah, they put uh, the engineers have come up with cool stuff for trucks because they are probably pound for pound the most profitable vehicle for I'm a sure. manufacturer because it's really the back is just pretty much air. Yeah, with a box on the back. Um, it is uh, there. I, I think that Ford's hit another home run. The Mustang was highly successful, and this will this will bring a lot of people into the electric world and realize that the world isn't going to end. So. I don't know. What is um, the charge time on one of those, though? I don't know that. That is a very important part of a lot of people's day, I would think. Here is one of the other things that I thought was cool. Uh, no far um, side body. Sorry. Okay. Well, we're learning. Um, there is an option. I'm trying to find. Oh, here it is. Backup juice. The automaker will offer what Ford calls intelligent backup power, whereby the truck automatically starts to power a home if it's plugged in and a power outage occurs. Huh. So it's a, it must be part of the charging station It's got a built-in inverter. Yeah. Right. So if the power for, to charge the truck goes bad, the, the truck can power the house. Right. That's amazing. There's some engineering going on there, but now you realize why there's a chip shortage, because I imagine it takes a fair number of computers to oh, drive that, yeah, something like for that. For sure. That, so. that system alone probably has several microcontrollers. Yeah, in I it. would think so. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's, the, that's our world we live in. Some people have said, yep. we should go back to building cars the way we did in the 60s. And they said, oh, when they rusted in the, the ground and yeah. were slow and broke down and all the time. if you got in an accident, you were uh, pretty Dead. likely to die, yeah. Now, in fairness, they're my favorite looking vehicles of mm -hmm. all times. American cars from about 1952 to about 73. Oh, I'm Gorgeous. surprised they haven't brought the look back, but yeah. not, you know, put the new internals in the old bodies. They're basically. too big, apparently. They are very, very Some of them big. are too big. But, you know, you'll see Ford did it, I think, in 04 when they brought out that generation of Mustang. It was a, it was a tribute to the 60s uh, fastbacks. Mm. Chrysler has done a pretty good job with, like, the Challenger and the Charger of taking styling cues from those really popular 60 cars. But nobody's done a, a, a you know, pencil-to-pencil -pencil copy of one. I think that's what everybody, all us car nuts are thinking, God, they should just build the 65 Mustang again. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised they haven't thought of that. You know what I need to see is an all-electric high-torque station wagon. Ooh, there you mm, go. There you go. Take your uh, childhood road trips into the next century. I'll tell you a, uh, Tom's got an urgent call. Yeah, he sure does. I'll tell you a quick story about, if, so if there's car salespeople listening to this, story, uh, this show, you'll enjoy this story. Um, one of the common objections that customers uh, come up with when they're not sure they want to buy a car is they'll say, well, I'll think about it. And there's various ways we try to overcome that objection. Some are successful, but you know, probably 60 or 70% of the time, it's not. So I had I was working at the Wilkins organization. This is probably 30 years ago, and I was the general sales manager, but I also you know, ran the used car department, and part of my job was to buy inventory at auto auctions. I'd go to North Star Auto Auction in Shakopee every Thursday, and I bought a four-year-old Buick Roadmaster wagon. 
No, you would. Those things were just a mile long. Kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Hard to find a nice one. Not a ton of them around. And I think I paid, I don't know, five grand or something like that for it. And then we've got to recondition it and so on and so forth. So I, the next weekend I had it in the paper for sixty nine ninety five, and the phone starts lighting up right away. I've got a lot of interest in this. You know, it's priced a little bit under market. And this uh, guy comes in with his buddy working with a friend of mine who was really a, a better closer. He's a better salesman than I am um, named John Kinzel. And he comes into the desk. He goes, okay, I got guys offering 55. I said, John, that's way too light. I mean, I, I'll come down 100 or two, but that's really about it. So he comes back 20 minutes later, and he says, well, I got him to six. I said, you know, that's not enough. And John says, I, I'm out. Do you want to go talk to him? And I said, John, I... If you can't close them, I don't really have much of a shot, but I got an idea. Let's let's see if this works. So we go out there, and the guy says, uh, you know, and I did actually move him a couple hundred bucks, and I said, you know, my bottom dollar is sixty-seven fifty, uh, and the guy says, well, I'll go to sixty-four, and I said, well, tell you what, let me think about it. Customer goes, what? He goes, yeah. That, you know, I just got it in, had a lot of phone calls. Let, let, let me just think about it. I, I want to sleep on it overnight. Uh, call me Monday. The guy looks at me like I'm just crazy, gets up, him and his buddy <laughs> drive out of the lot, and John goes, what the hell are you doing? I says, I just thought it might work. Apparently it didn't. All of a sudden the brake lights come on. They make ah. a U-turn, drive back into the store, and they say, we'll take it. <laughs> so well. I used a customer's clothes on a customer. And oddly enough, it worked so well, it wasn't confrontational. Just kind of put them off a little bit. I never tried that again. And, and when I went back to work for Walzer, of course, we don't do that because it's one price and you don't negotiate. But in the, you know, there there is ways to negotiate ethically without trying to skin customers alive mm -hmm. and you know and uh, and make them you know don't belittle them. It was just kind of a funny thing. So, everything okay on the home front? Yeah, there was not the home front. There was uh, uh, the Ordway called me because Catherine and I support the Ordway, mm -hmm. and I said. Well, I actually am on the air right now, so if I could call you back, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'll call you back. That was very nice. She was very pleasant. You know, I was just thinking about something, and this was brought up to me. I think I've talked to you about this before, I'm not sure, but, you know, people's choices of vehicles, you know, I the first one to buy an electric car in Minnesota, the, the first Tesla in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I had the Cadillac. Uh, ELR. ELR, yep. which mm -hmm. I love, too, and I, you know, so eventually I'll move back, but. The last two cars, well, no, no, not the last two, but two of the last three cars that I bought from Walzer, one was a, uh, a Mustang and one was a Jaguar. And you always think about, you know, why, you, why that car, why this car, why, you know, because I've always wanted a Mustang and I've always wanted a Jaguar and blah, blah, blah. And I was then reminded by a member of my family, say, God, you're easily influenced. Because when I was 13 years old, when I think you first start thinking about someday I get to own a car and drive mm -hmm. it around and all that stuff. When I was 13, no, I was 14 by then. I was 14 years old. My brother came home from the United States Marine Corps during the Vietnam era, and he owned, he bought a Mustang. And my brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, Tommy, Tommy O'Brien, my good mm -hmm. buddy, his, uh, he's my brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, he had a Jaguar. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how you get influenced that way and you don't even know you're being influenced? I, I love that Jaguar of yours. I think that's just oh, a badass a car. car. It looks great and it's just kind of it's fun to drive. And Catherine it. calls it my mafia car. Well, the, the one here and the one there now is my mafia car. Yeah, I car. suppose. <laughs> I got my mom. Well, I, I like big back seats. Yeah. 
I the most back seats are just worthless, and you get those cars. Yeah, that Tesla Roadster. It technically had a back seat, but I don't think a human could have fit in there. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes they built yeah. vehicles like that with micro back seats for insurance. It was for like groceries. For insurance reasons. Oh, is that what it is? Because oh. it was less expensive to insure than a true two-seat sports car was the theory. Oh, but I suppose. I see. Yeah. Tricky. But yeah, unless you put a two-year-old back there, and yeah. you really couldn't even get a car seat in the back of those no. things. Yeah, it's for putting groceries in on your way home or yeah. like the dog. Could go back yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's very, the, it's very fast. It's the dog chair. That car was very fast. Yes, it was. And I remember they called me right after I bought it because it was the first one in the state of Minnesota. And they called me and said, would you mind, because we're getting some complaints from people about the lack of uh, this car making any sound, mm-hmm. would it be okay if we put a whistle on your front bumper? I went, what? <laughs> they were talking about putting wind oh, whistles. those deer whistles. Yeah, those deer, yeah, those deer popular, whistles. Yeah. yeah, people didn't like how their cars weren't making noise because it was weird to them. That is odd. At that time, it was really weird to not make any noise at all. And you can go, oh, another thing I did today. I want to run this by you guys. Because you've talked about it before, Andy's talked about it before. I'm on the way into the to do the KQ Morning Show this morning. So it's about 4 o'clock in the morning. Right? Mm-hmm. Four o'clock in the morning, maybe 4.15 by then. I'm driving along. I'm coming north on Highway 100. Okay? This car goes by me, and it was right at an exit that I, you know, I don't want to say which exit it was, but luckily there was a sign that said this exit is blah, blah, blah. And then the, down the line, I see a, side, a, a, a sign on the side of the road that said next exit three quarters of a mile. Right? This car went by me. Driving extremely fast at 4.15 in the morning. There's this like happens to you all the time. Day. On Highway 100, they speed all the time. And this never happens to me on Highway 100. Do you go north on 100, though? Well, that's how I get here. Yeah. Oh, is it? No, no, you I, don't. No, no, he doesn't go any north of here. Oh, he yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, that's what I'm... That, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I get off at Cedar Lake Road. Yeah, it's, it all happens north of 394. Oh, so where it starts to curve? Yep. For some reason, as soon as you hit north of 394, everyone just guns it. Huh. I don't know why. So I did the second count, and then they added it up in my head. Guy was going 120 miles an hour. Yep. A hundred. I was doing 60. Don't know and why. It's 55 there. I'm doing 60. He was doing twice the speed that I Yeah, you I was never doing. want to drive the speed limit because then the po- cops think you're drunk and you get the cruise <laughs> Well, there set, is right? that. A little pro people, tip. Damn, like, people do tailgate the piss out yeah. of you, too. I like how sometimes you're driving home. It's, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. You're driving home and you get behind this guy who's going, like, 20 below. Oh, yeah. It's like, how obvious are you being right now? No, really. Playing in bands. I saw that stuff all the time at 3 in the morning. Or they're paying. I saw one guy in a pickup truck in downtown St. Paul playing pinball. He's running into the center median, overcorrecting. And he was doing it at 15 miles an hour. And I I normally don't rat people out, but I got, you know. Well, that's dangerous. Pulled out my phone like, you guys got to get this guy off the road. I followed him across the. Uh, 52 bridge, and they caught him down by Concord. There's like five cops waiting for him. And, oh, really? Yeah. Good. Honestly, I think everyone should have a dash cam for reasons like that. Well, they, you know, in a lot of in Asia and Eastern Europe, they everybody has cams. one because yep. of insurance fraud. Oh, dash cam, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the particularly cars will be in sitting stopped, and then all of a sudden somebody will yep. lay it on in front of the car yeah. and start flopping yep. around. Yeah, that's true. You got to have a dash cam if you're going to drive in Russia. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. in Russia, you definitely did a dash cam. I, no I, and it's, it's a sad story, but you guys probably remember this. About 12 years ago, it was a military 747 hauling cargo that crashed in Afghanistan. 
Yeah. You remember that? Because he, he took off, and they had, like, tanks in it or something, but they didn't secure them, so the tanks oh, yeah. went to the back oh, of the yeah, plane. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it just went, yep. the, the whole thing got captured on a dash cam. It was just, you know, it's, Well, it, 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 there was a tail strike on takeoff, wasn't it? I don't, I think that it got off, if I remember right, it started to climb, but the, the cargo shifted to the back of the plane, so they couldn't. Right, yeah. So it pulled the plane back down tail first or something like National that. National Airlines Flight 102. There it is. How long ago was that, Andy? That was on 2013. All right, it was pretty close. Yeah, eight years ago. I try to work from memory and not Google because I think Google rots your brain. Oh, it, uh, it's actually worse than what you said. It, the tanks rolled through the rear pressure bulkhead oh, and depressurized oh, the plane. Oh, God. Yeah. Eek. Probably well, it wouldn't have been much pressure then because there, it was on, well, a, no, it was on takeoff. But, but still, you, can, you can't fly without a, you know, your bulkhead has been blasted yeah. out. There's no way you're going to get into the air. Somebody forgot to set the handbrake. You yeah, got, for real. No, I'm like, sorry, we shouldn't joke. You should probably uh, triple check those kinds of things, I would say. We got to get uh, Cassie to book this guy. A guy sent me a book. Maybe Cassie told him to send it. I don't even know. But we got to do it on a Thursday in the first hour. Okay. Bobby Rush, baby. Oh, all right. Yeah. Blues legend Bobby Rush has written a book. You got to be here yeah, for that I'd one, man. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I lo- the name of his book, by the way, is I Ain't Studdin' Ya. <laughs> I love it. I ain't studying you. That takes us to the end of episode 95 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Thanks to our special guest, Joe from Louisville, calling in with the latest Ford production report. Yes, and our sir. good friend from Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, hanging out at the State Fair, going out at the auto show, Scott Lambert. We will not be on next week because it's the super special uh, edition uh, episode 2000, 2000 of the Tom Bernard Family Podcast with really actually interesting guests. Mm. Oh, so we'll be back as usual. Yeah. Thank you, everybody.